Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? Uh, We're diving into another episode of the Life of a Fighter podcast. And before we do, this episode and every episode is brought to you by our shop. You can go to lifeofafighter.com forward slash shop. Check out all the awesome services, um, different apparel we have products, partnerships, all that good stuff, whether it's our kudos program, whether it's our fitness nutrition vault, our pro coach program, all of our eBooks, all of our fighter guides, all this great content. Check it out. If you have any questions, feel free to message us at info at lifeofafighter.com. And without further ado, let's jump on in. And actually, before we do, I got to give a quick shout out to one of the coaches and fighters at Rogue Combat Club, Phil Kratz. Phil, um, we went to U.S. Nationals this past weekend. It was August 16th to August 18th. And yeah, I mean, it, it was a good turnout, honestly, especially for his division. You know, we put in a lot of work. And just unfortunately, Phil got a really tough matchup first first round in the quarterfinals um, with a guy by the name of Isaac Torres, who's the, <laughs> the only guy I've seen in Phil's weight class at the welterweight. And uh, this one was 167 pounds day before Wayne's, who's like, I want to say 6'4". Uh, maybe could be pushing a little bit more than that. Um, but again, that much taller or longer than him. And yeah, I, we, 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 I was wrong. We, we did. So it was good to just see that. And that's why we went to nationals to see, you know, who's the best and to, to kind of match ourselves up and see what we have to work on. I really thought that, you know, based on all the preparation stuff, um, other than, than Torres, that the rest of the tournament, really, he would have been able to do well and, and pretty much win up, run it out throughout the rest. Um, so I'm really looking forward to now we have um, Fight For It September 14th. Phil's going to be fighting in the Grand Prix Finals at Welterweight, fighting um, his first opponent ever fought, Josh Crouch, out of Atlantic um, MMA, or the Fight For It uh, gym and promotion. So that's going to be a great matchup in the finals for the title. Um, I'm really looking forward for him to get that one back. And, yeah, now we just kind of keep prepping and keep getting better learn. Um, I already took some notes from what I think we can work on from Nationals. I'll, I'm going to review with the rest of the team. We'll get back to it and just kind of crush it. So big shout-out to Phil. We'll dive into the rest of today's topic, which was I wanted to talk about diabetes. Last week um, during my wellness and balance class, we pick a topic every week. Last week's was diabetes, and we had one of our registered dietitians from the program come in and speak to class, as well as all the notes that you know I, I printed out with our CODA. Um, our occupational therapy assistant, and I just thought it would be cool to review all the different details, especially with diabetes. There's so much information out there, and it's honestly affecting such a large portion of our society at this point. And if I can recall correctly, I want to say it's about 40 million people have um, either type 1 or type 2 diabetes diagnosed in the United States. And uh, there's a direct link there to 
the obesity to the lifestyle habits that we have to exercise or lack thereof. And one of the really interesting things that the dietitian mentioned and that I've heard numerous dietitians and, and even in school being discussed is that diabetes is one of those rare um, kind of conditions that can be reversed and or treated. Now, again, if you ask um, a medical insurance company, you even ask maybe your doctor, they may not say that it's a treatment for it. But if you look at what the, um, the kind of biomarkers are for diabetes, which is your, your blood sugar, your insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity, and the other inflammatory biomarkers like cholesterol, triglycerides, things like that, if you can address all those things and they go back to baseline and you no longer need insulin and, and your body's not having those same responses and you haven't done any nerve damage by, like, with neuropathy or anything like that, then, hey, I think that's not only a win, but you can consider that a treatment and reversible. And the one thing that was being discussed is specifically type 2 diabetes. Type 1, unfortunately, is usually going to be associated um, with adolescence or your childhood because you're not going to actually be able to make insulin for one reason or another, whether it's a, a genetic predisposition or just something else that's going on. Your body doesn't actually produce insulin. So regardless if you eat the right kind of carbs are not, you're going to need um, an insulin treatment or an insulin kind of pump or, and things related to that to help process the carbohydrates that you're going to intake. Now, type 2 diabetes is really more considered adult diabetes, but it's even being seen more and more in adolescence and childhood too, which is unfortunate because, again, it's one of those that's lifestyle-related typically. And what we can do for that is really just exercise more. So we know that exercise creates a sensitivity to insulin with our cells. And then also we can change our nutrition habits, making sure that we're lowering our sugar intake, processed carbs are going down, our white breads, things like that go down, pasta goes down, and that we're increasing our fibrous carbohydrates, the fruits and vegetables that are lower on the glycemic index and glycemic load. We're also eating good anti-inflammatory foods like we've discussed in prior topics omega-3 fatty acids, things related to that. And again, putting that all together and staying consistent, there's a very high chance and almost an, an immediate, not only a high chance, but a, a chance that your body's going to respond almost immediately and the chance that you're actually going to reverse it all together so long as you actually can make it a lifestyle and be consistent and things like that. Now, obviously, this is not medical advice. You still want to talk to your doctor, to your personal dietitian. If you don't have one, let us know. Reach out. I'd be more than happy to set you up with one of ours. Um, and with the team over here at Life of a Fighter. But either way, it's something you can at least address. That, and it also the interesting thing about diabetes, it's usually never just diabetes by itself. There's usually another health condition that's going on or related to it, whether it's, again, we're looking at inflammation. You can t talk about physical inflammation in the body, autoimmune issues and other kind of inflammatory responses there, or even looking at dementia and, and mental um, kind of cognition and conditions that could be related as well, all, all related back down to inflammation. We've talked about inflammation as well in prior episodes, but again, kind of piggybacking on that with diabetes. Again, it just kind of has another impact, and it can just kind of snowball from there. It's never going to be just typically diabetes by itself. So one stat, though, that I wanted to share before I let this episode go that I thought was really important that our dietitian shares is that we're not only categorizing things with diabetes, there can be pre-diabetic states. So right before diabetes is officially considered, there's pre-diabetes, and 9 out of 10 people that are pre-diabetic don't even know. So 90% of people out there that are pre-diabetic don't know. And that made me consider, like, man, you know, I have to check mine because, honestly, lately, y'all, like, I've, 
I'm always been pretty much mindful and have a lifestyle, but my body fat percentage now I'm about 20, you know, 19 to 20% body fat now. Um, so I'm working on getting that back down to about 16% where I feel comfortable walking around, um, you know, making those nutrition habits where I'm still exercising literally every day, but also looking at my sugar intake and the food choices that I'm making. Um, and one of the interesting things that the dietitian was talking about that I think is a good point is that usually when we have our, our blood sugars checked, it's fasting. You have your fasting glucose levels checked. And typically in pre-diabetes, you don't see um, as much of a jump or an indication until after you actually ingest carbohydrates. And that's where it'll start to kind of be a little bit of a predisposition or a little bit of a tell that, oh, wow, okay, we may be pre-diabetic. So it's important. And now we talk to your doctor about not just doing it on a fasted state, but also seeing after a meal, how does your body respond and see if they'd be interested in doing that or make suggestions or if you can even just go to, you know, Amazon or, or the local store and get uh, a blood sugar measurement or a, a meter and you can just get it checked yourself. But obviously still consult with your doctor, with another uh, one of the medical professionals that you're working with, your primary care physician, all that good stuff. And yeah, y'all, I think next, I'm going to add probably a bonus episode with Phil and myself. We've been doing a lot of audio throughout the whole U.S. Nationals experience. I'm going to try and chop that up a bit and um, release it for y'all so that if anyone's interested in hearing what the process was like, you can hear that. And then we'll just check y'all next week for the next episode of Life of a Fighter podcast. Yeah, y'all. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between. Dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it, y'all. See you on the next one.